Hey, it's Thomas Frank. I've just got a quick note for you before we get into the show. If you've been enjoying the Inforium or my videos over on YouTube, then you, my friend, should get Nebula. On Nebula, you get ad-free versions of both this podcast and my videos, along with exclusive stuff like extended versions of those videos. And it's not just our stuff that you're going to get. Dozens of other creators are on Nebula, including Ali Abdal, Wendover Productions, Braincraft, Tier Zoo, and lots more. Nebula gives us a chance to experiment, and since everything's ad-free, it's also the best way for you to get our content. Head over to theinforium.com slash nebula to sign up now. You're listening to the College Info Geek Podcast, where it's all about learning more, paying off your student debt, landing your dream job, and being awesome at college. Now, here's your host, Thomas Frank. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the College Info Geek Podcast, and welcome for the first time to episode number 14. Now, for those of you who are regular listeners to this podcast, you probably know that usually I start the podcasts out with a joke or some geeky reference or something, but honestly, today I'm just not feeling it. I, I have this uh, this kleptomaniac friend that I test my jokes out on, but he never gets them because he's always taking things literally, so no, no inspiration today. I'm very sorry about that, but that is okay because today I am bringing you an awesome interview with one of my all-time heroes and before I get into who that is I just have one quick announcement to say um, on the podcast and then we'll dive right into so quick announcement which wasn't even going to be an announcement until about five minutes ago when this link popped up in front of me Um, I have been waiting to sign up for World Domination Summit 2014 and the ticket link just came in so I'm signed up and if you don't know what World Domination Summit is it is this awesome conference for bloggers and entrepreneurs that goes down in Portland every year in July. It was created by Chris Gilbo of The Art of Nonconformity, which is a blog I've been reading since um, I was a freshman in college. It's one of those starting blogs that I found. And actually, in the uh, in the in the interview with my guest today, we both um, you know he talks about reading Chris's ebook, which is like 278 Days to Overnight Success. And I also read that when I was just starting out blogging, and it was a really really good motivator for. Um, for, you know, just keeping keeping it going and just being being consistent in my efforts to, you know, write more content and improve. So I am very excited to, you know, get July in the now instead of in the seven, eight months from now. Um, actually, even more than that. And get over to Portland and meet everyone at the conference. I had to skip it last summer, um, this, this past July, and I was very sad to do so because a lot of Awesome people attend that conference, including some of the past guests from the College of Geek podcast. Uh, Travis Sherry from episode 13, um, Caleb Wojcik from episode 9, Barrett Brooks from episode 6, I believe, was there, and Pat Flynn from episode 7. They were all at World Domination Summit, along with tons of other people. So definitely not going to miss it this year. And um, if you're a student, you know, it's probably a little bit of an expensive conference to go to, but for anyone on who listening to this podcast who has their own entrepreneurial aspirations, who's trying to build their own business, maybe an online business or a blog business, anything like that, uh, it is like the conference to go to to meet people in this space. So, and it's, I've heard that it's just awesome. It has amazing activities and all kinds of, you know, space for activities. Um, so definitely a cool opportunity to check out if you're that person. If not, then I guess you'll just see pictures and stuff on the blog when I attend in July. But that is the only announcement for this podcast. Uh, Let's get right into the meat of it. Today, I am interviewing, as I said, one of my all-time heroes, one of my main inspirations for the the work that I do, 
Uh, his name is Steve Cam, and he runs this website called nerdfitness.com. And I know that I have some listeners and readers that have discovered my blog from Nerd Fitness. So if that is you, you might be excited to learn a bit more about Steve and how he started his site. Um, nerdfitness.com is just this amazing, awesome, and huge fitness website that is dedicated to helping people who are nerds and geeks get healthy. And Steve does that by writing about, you know, every topic that there is to know about fitness, you know, lifting, um, eating healthy, making good habits, but he ties them to nerd references like Lord of the Rings and Batman and Star Wars and all those kind of things. So his posts are usually a lot more uh, relatable and a lot more interesting to read than the average fitness content. And because of that, Steve has been able to build a giant audience and not just an audience, but also a community. There's a forum over at Nerd Fitness where people help each other and support each other and just, you know, have a conversation going all day long. So Nerd Fitness in itself is just a huge success story and a huge inspiration for me. Um, the way that Steve writes has influenced the way that I write, the way that he formats his content. I've learned a ton from uh, you know, his design and everything. So, And you'll hear me compliment him a lot during the podcast, which I'm sure he appreciates. Um, and you know, just besides that, he's just been a huge inspiration to, to me to keep going on and to basically set higher goals in life. Um, so yeah, in this podcast, we're going to talk about um, Steve's story, how he started in college, and he went from college straight to just a crappy, you know, normal job. And then from that job, how he got to being the head geek over at Nerd Fitness today. And then we'll also talk about in the latter half of the podcast, just some basics for eating healthy and exercising. So if you are interested in, uh, in you know, eating better or exercising more, maybe you haven't been exercising as much as you think you should, maybe this episode will give you a kick in the ass. I know when I went back and listened to this episode to just basically remind myself of everything mentioned in it, so I could put it in the show notes, I got insanely motivated and went on a walk, finished the entire hour uh, long episode, and then immediately went and lifted for about half an hour after that. So if you need some motivation, maybe this podcast will give it to you. Um, as always, if you want to get the show notes, anything we link to, any details, contact information for Steve, then go to sigpodcast.com, cigpodcast.com, redirects straight to the podcast page over on College Info Geek where you'll find the listing for every episode of the podcast. You can click all of them and listen to them to your heart's content, but the one you will want for this is the link for episode 14, obviously. So you'll find all the show notes there. You'll find links to iTunes. If you want to subscribe in iTunes or write a review, I'll definitely love you forever. Not even kidding. Um, or you can just leave a comment or click on any links that interest you. So without further ado, let's get into this interview with Steve Cam. I just kind of jump in on Skype, so no intro, but let's just uh, let's just go with it. Uh, get Gandalf in the back, and is that the younger Frodo I see there? It's Bilbo, actually. Younger Bilbo, okay. Yeah, I went to the uh, Midnight IMAX for The Hobbit, and they were giving out these posters. <laughs> nice. And then up there, I got the one from the second Star Trek movie. Okay, look was, at you. And then I got Pacific Rim, but there's no more room to hang it up, so... An embarrassment of nerdy riches. It is. I know. I need to get a bigger house so for all my posts. <laughs> Dude, so uh, where are you? This is the first time we've ever actually talked. Do you realize that? Yes, this is the first time we've ever talked, which is really it's weird. Because I've like, texted weird. you and stuff. But yeah. it's pretty cool. <laughs> so you're in Iowa. Yep. Ames, okay. Ames, Idaho, Iowa, Ohio, whichever one you want to pick. Okay, oh, is, it that, is it that close to all of them? No, it's just all those uh, sound similar, so people get them mixed up. 
You grow potatoes there, right, man? Yeah, Cleveland's the capital. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Right, exactly. And you're um, in Nashville, right? Nashville, baby. Did you have fun when you were down here? Dude, it was great. Like, we were only there for about an hour because we That's, were yeah, you, you, might, you, need, you might need more time. Probably a little bit more than an hour, yeah. At least at least two and a half. Maybe two. <laughs> um, we were there for – we were road tripping down to Florida and right. just came through. And I was like, dude, Steve lives here. I wonder if he's, like, got a recommendation or if he's in town. Yeah, and, where uh, where was I? You were at I? a golf tournament. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty. That's... How did that go? Did you win? No. I, so I won this thing last year. And then this year, they, it was like a scramble. So they stuck me with a bunch of stiffs this year. So they, mm-hmm. I think like after the second hole, I started keeping traffic, tra- track of it. Pure out of humorous curiosity. They used my shot for like 59 of the 72 shots or something we had. I mean, it was like the other three guys on my team had no clue what they were doing. I was like, oh, it sucks. Because the year before, we won the thing. So Okay. But it was for charity, so I was like, yeah, I can't really complain, you know. Yeah. It's all this good stuff, but I'm super competitive, too, so I'm like, fuck, I wanted to win. <laughs> Dude, uh, my second year detasseling corn, I don't even know if you know what detasseling is. Most people don't. It's like no clue. pull the top off the corn is basically what it is. It's like a okay. summer job. My second year, I had, like, super crew, and we were, like, best crew ever. And then uh, the manager the next year was like, you did too well with your old crew. So he gave me a bunch of, like, crappy new people, same kind of thing, like, couldn't well, yeah, be done that's, nearly as fast. That's, and, that's not cool. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what you get for working hard and doing good at what you're supposed to be doing good at. Yeah, that you can deal with the people who aren't, you know, who aren't uh, trying <laughs> as hard, so you can be their manager now. <laughs> Dude, and that's what makes being a solo entrepreneur or a business owner the greatest thing ever because the harder you work, the more you get paid off immediately. Like, mm-hmm. there's, and if things don't work, it's like you have nobody else to blame but yourself. It's amazing. That's yep. like the best thing, best thing ever in how life used to be back before sky rises and all this. I'm looking at giant buildings outside my window right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, all right. So, so what the hell are we talking about? Okay. So I'll talk about fitness. Um, Great. So you asked me to write an article for you for college fitness. So I'm not going to be like, what should students do specifically, you know, to get in shape. But since you are like the fitness guy, I can tell people what to eat. I can tell people like how maybe you should work out. I would tell you to, but sure. then like you're the guy who helps people like you know do this for a living, and you know you're much more in tune with it than me. I so, try. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess like the things I kind of had mapped out to ask you about is basically like you know for one the story about how you got your website going because sure. running a college website, everyone who reads my site is interested in beginnings. I think mm-hmm. and like just. The origin, everybody loves an origin story. Yeah, you got to have an origin story. Why do they keep remaking Spider-Man you know, 5,000 <laughs> times? That's, so, yeah, I mean, because you started out when you were you were at a you were on an office job, right? Oh, yeah. And you just oh, started the this site out. So, I guess, yeah, we can get into fitness in a while, but let's just, like, talk about that because I'm interested to hear about sure. how you started this thing up. So I, get to, I get to mold some some young minds. This is great. Corrupt corrupt them and tell them to not get normal <laughs> jobs. This is this is great. Yeah, man, I'm in. All right, just yeah. add your voice to the chorus because I've been saying that for quite a while already. Perfect. So yeah, you started out. I mean, did you, I'm guessing you went to college as well. So I guess we can start with that. Okay, great. Cool. Do we? Um, I, I mean, are you, are you already recording? We rocking this thing and you're just yeah. Gonna, like, fill I in? just kind of stealth hit record and I'm gonna throw it all in there. Um, I don't do this video. I just like I like to talk to people face to face. Sure. On oh, Skype. absolutely. It's it way better. Down the nervousness and everything, but. Um, yeah, so just like, uh, you know, what was your original story? Went to college and got your original job. How'd that go? Absolutely. So I went to Vanderbilt University here in Nashville, Tennessee, and absolutely fell in love with my entrepreneur classes that I took. I remember actually one of the classes I had to set up and design my own company. 
and the company I came up with was called Extreme Excursions. And my like the whole point of the company was to create experiences and trips for people that wanted to go on like epic adventures. So I was like, I always wanted to do oh, this cool. stuff. Like, let's build a business around these things. And uh, ended up being my favorite class and, and fell in love with entrepreneurship. And it's always been something I've always been a fan of. Even when I was a little kid, I used to like paint seashells when I grew up in Cape Cod with like Red Sox logos on the inside of them and sell them to my neighbors who probably threw them away. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's something I've always, I've always been into, just uh, something I think is like ingrained in me, in my, in my DNA. So I spent all through, you know, all of college, um, falling in love with the concept of running your own business and doing all these things. And then the first thing that I did after I graduated college was get a soul sucking corporate <laughs> sales job. I, I didn't know any better. And I ha- my older brother it, it asked me if I wanted to go move to California with him. I was like, yeah, that sounds like fun. So I moved to San Diego, California. I lived 30 yards on the beach and I took the job that gave me the most money possible. I was in sales selling construction equipment. Woo-hoo. You might be wondering, what does a guy who majored in economics from Cape Cod know about selling construction equipment? I'll tell you, very little. <laughs> um, I, to be honest with you, I wasn't very good at it, and I'm sure that's not a surprise. I, I found out very quickly that I enjoy talking to people, but I hate selling to them. Mm-hmm. And after about six months, seven months, I came to the realization that sales was definitely not for me and that this life of having to be in a specific place at a specific time for a certain amount of time and answering to 10 different bosses was not something I was uh, overly thrilled with. And you had 10 being, different bosses, not just yeah, eight? Yeah, like, like not, not, not just, yeah, Peter Gibbons had eight. I think I had probably 10. As far as like the, as far up the chain went, you know, like if I came up with an idea for something, like I'd have to go to like the regional manager, then the district manager, then the sales manager, then oh, the yeah. something and something and something. Like by the time, by the time it ever got back, like they'd say no and I'd be already thinking about the next idea. So I, I grew very frustrated with the, the whole experience and, and learned that money and a great location does not make you happy unless you're actually doing something you enjoy. So like I said, I had a bunch of money. I had a company car. I went surfing every day and I was miserable, just absolutely miserable. And I remember going on one of my lunch breaks to a bookstore. I was um, going on a lunch break from a bookstore and it, I think it was it must have been the week that it, um, Tim Ferriss's For Our Work Week had just come out. And saw the books and it was like the, the sun shone through the, the bookstore window and like lit the book up. And I was like, oh, huh. <laughs> you see the little palm the silhouette of the guy, in a, you know, in between the two palm trees laying in a hammock. And I was like, that that sounds way better than than selling construction equipment. So mm-hmm. I bought I bought the book and I read it in like a day and a half. And it opened my mind to this entire world of things that I never knew was possible. So when you think entrepreneurship, especially in college where you take classes, you think you have to come up with a business plan and then you have to go grovel at the feet of some investment banker or beg for money from a bank, put your put everything on the line. And then 90% of the time, you're probably going to fail because as they say, nine out of 10 businesses fail. And that was the only thing I knew. So I was you know, stumbling across this book and the, the thought process of, start a really, really, really small business that you can run for very, very little money and very little risk while doing something else that's a little more secure until it gets to the point where it can take off. And, you know, in order for you to do that, if you'd like to be able to travel and do things and selling things that only exist online makes that very simple for you. Mm -hmm. So for me, it was the guy, you know, he said in the book, find a social group you're a part of and something you're really good at. And look for an overlap between those two things. And that's where you can find the niche of group, that group of people that you can start reaching out to, helping, catering to, building things around. 
And for me, it was simple. It's like, I'm a huge nerd. Like I've built computers. I love Harry Potter. I love Lord of the Rings. Um, I've, you know, I love Star Wars, uh, Star Trek, et cetera. I love all these things. And there's a group of people out there like myself that are interested in getting healthy and fit. And fitness is always something I've been interested in. But it took me, you know, it took me years and years to finally get to where I felt confident enough in myself and fitness and, and things like that. So I felt like I had an opportunity to help out specifically beginners who were nerds that were interested in getting healthy. And I Googled nerd and fitness and nothing popped up. So I bought nerdfitness.com and started formulating this idea in my head for, for this website. Now, at this time, I decided I had to get the heck out of California. Hated, like I said, hated the job, could not do it anymore, wasn't thrilled, and had a couple of friends in Atlanta that said they were looking for another roommate. So I started looking for jobs in Atlanta while I was still formulating the idea for nerd fitness. And I stumbled across a Craigslist posting for a job that said I had to be willing to travel, creative, and love live music. And my first thought was, there's no way that's actually a job. <laughs> but okay, I'll apply for it. It turns out it's a company that chartered floating music festivals. Floating music festivals. Floating music festivals. The company is called Sixth Man. Okay. I applied for the job. Uh, I flew into Atlanta about a week before I was supposed to move out there. And, and for my interview, they took me bowling. And <laughs> this is one of those bowling and beer to make sure I could fit in. And that's when the, a, another kind of light bulb went off in my head. It's like there are jobs that exist. Like you don't have to only work for yourself. There are amazing jobs that do exist as well for smaller companies doing amazing things that line up with what you're trying to do. So for me, it was a simple, when they said we'd like to hire you, it was a simple decision. I walked into my office in San Diego, flipped in my car keys to my company car and said, I'm, you know, here's my two weeks. I got to get out of here and move into Atlanta and going to work on cruise ships in the Caribbean. <laughs> They're like, what? This doesn't make any sense. I was like, don't worry about it. I took a 50, I took a 50% pay cut. Um, and it was one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. So I went to work for this company and our, my job was literally to help produce, promote, and then, um, kind of MC these floating music festivals. And we worked with bands like Kid Rock, you know, John Mayer, Leonard Skinner, um, OAR, Guster, uh, they're now, they're now doing some cruises like, you know, VH1, like Train and, and a bunch of other bands that are, that are up and coming. And I was just blown away. It's, you know, when it got to the point where I could start going to work on every Monday morning and actually enjoying what I was doing, that's when it made me realize you don't have to chase money. And instead, going to work for a company that you admire and people that you admire, you're going to learn so much more. And as a result of that, work so much harder and end up getting more out of it. So went to work for this company for about two and a half years and after about a year with them, like I said, I already had the nerd fitness idea. Started working on it more, more officially. So, did you and, start nerd fitness when you were still at the construction company, or was it after you'd started with these new guys? Great. So, I bought the domain when I was with the construction company. Okay. And initially, my plan was like, oh, I'll do the four-hour workweek thing. I'll just put up a splash page and then make an ebook, and then you know, money just starts shooting out your CD drive. I, I just, you know, that's how <laughs> I thought. That's how I thought it worked. Uh, fortunately, so, I. I quickly decided that was not a good idea and put a little bit more effort into it. But yeah, go ahead. That's interesting. Like I've heard a lot of people give the four hour work week a lot of flack because the specifics of the examples he gives in the book are like that. Oh, you can make these French sailor shirts and, and they sell like hotcakes <laughs> right. without any you know effort on your part. Right. But I've heard a lot of people cite that book as like the reason why they got started and I mean, you, uh, if you watch Veritasium on, on YouTube, the science guy, he talks about like the four hour work week is what got him started on his channel. 
for our work weeks, what got me started with my blog, yep. and one of the main reasons. Mm-hmm. So it's like I love that book for the motivation and like the sure. idea it gives you, if yep. not for the specifics. Absolutely, I completely agree with you there. That's the same way I looked at it as well. Like the first two sections where he talks about, you know, like he was in, he was, you know, dancing, dancing the tango in Argentina and how he had tried to build his business and, and things had fallen apart. And then he kind of got his act together and just the whole like new rich versus old rich thing really opened my eyes. And I felt like I was Neo, you know, like seeing the matrix for the first <laughs> time, like, or seeing the real world for the first time, like, Oh, this is what life is like outside of the matrix, outside of a cubicle, outside mm-hmm. of a desk job. These things actually exist. And there are people doing these things. And I know a lot of people read that stuff and they say there's no way or like, oh, it must be nice or that's there's no way I can do that. I think the reason it actually worked because I read it and I was like, I think I can do that. Like, yeah, he just doesn't seem any, he, doesn't, he doesn't. Yeah, he just he doesn't seem like he seems like a normal dude that had an idea and ran with it and actually followed through with the the the, the issues and the things that he wanted to do. Why don't I just try doing that, too? So, like I said, I bought the domain. But I wanted to make sure I had credibility, so I actually spent a good year um, doing even further research, actually getting a personal trainer certification, trying to up my my internet cred as far as fitness stuff goes, because I thought at the time that's what I needed. I needed to have a piece of paper that said I'm a personal trainer. No, not definitely not. Didn't didn't need that. But I'm I'm glad I did it. it. Gave me the confidence to, like I said, after about a year of sitting on the domain and doing nothing with it, I stumbled across Chris Gillibo's 279 Days to Overnight Success. Mm-hmm. And I read his ebook, and he talked about how he wasn't really sure what he was doing, but he was just going to start writing, and he was going to hit publish, and he was going to start helping people. And after a while, eventually asked them how he could help them even more, and then build things around those problems that people were having. So that's when the that's when the light bulb went off in my head, and I said, "Okay, I got it. Now I have my personal trainer certification. I'm not going to throw up some crappy splash page and try to make a cheap ebook. I have a great job. I'm going on music cruises in the Caribbean." I go to concerts, you know, three times, two, three times a week to check out new bands. And when I'm on boats, I'm interviewing them and doing all sorts of fun stuff. Why don't I keep working on this website on the side as a hobby and working on the other job that's paying my bills and kind of see what happens. So I just started writing. And after about a year and a half, um, the website had pretty, you know, started to take off pretty well. And the day job was getting incredibly busy. And I noticed this change in myself. Like before I was super passionate about the cruise job. And with each additional email that came in from a new nerd fitness reader that said, dude, I love what you're doing. And I need, and, uh, you know, you've helped me lose this or you've helped me gain this type of confidence. Once I started getting more and more of those, I, may, I, I realized that my passion had kind of dissipated as far as the, the cruise stuff went. And my passion, the, the desire to run my own business, which is something I, like I said, I had had since I was five years old was finally at a point where I felt like I could I could take a risk and roll the dice and see if I could make it work. You know, as a 20 at the time I was 25 um and had worked a two, you know, worked a really crappy job, worked a really great job and and ultimately made the decision that I think I I found the thing I'm meant to do and that's help people get healthy and have a damn good time doing it. <laughs> awesome. So it's it seems like you what was your uh, your mindset after college? Because you wanted to do this entrepreneurial thing, and then you went to a job. Because for me, I was also the same way. When I was in high school, I wanted to run my own business, and then mm-hmm. I got into college. And I don't know, you like get in your senior year, and you see like, okay, I've got these skills and these qualifications, but I don't see anything that's like popping up as far as entrepreneurial you know opportunities go. So then you're just like, I need to get a job, 
Is that kind of the same like urgent feeling that hit you or is it something yeah, different? For, for sure. And it was tough. You know, like I said, I was an, I was an economics major mm-hmm. and all of my other friends were getting jobs as investment bankers or consultants in New York for, you know, six figures and, and setting up to work themselves crazy. And for me, it was moving into my second semester of my senior year. I still hadn't quite figured out what the heck I wanted to do because none of those things jumped out at me. And then my brother reached out a couple months before I graduated and said, dude, let's move to California. And that's when I was like, okay, at least I now have a location I'm going to need to make money somehow. Yeah. Both my parents are in sales. I don't know what the heck I really want to do. Let's get a job in sales and then figure it out. Problem with that is you can very quickly, and I think it was a little easier for me because my job was so unaligned with what I wanted to do. If it was merely like kind of miserable, but not that miserable, it's one of those things you get stuck in. All of a sudden you look back, it's 40 years later and you're like, oh yeah, what the hell have I been doing? And a lot of people have told me that sales in particular is just a trap you can get into. Because you can make a lot of money. You can make a lot of money if you're really good at it. And a lot of people are really good at sales and they enjoy it. And that's awesome. For me, that, that wasn't me. I, I hated selling stuff and I hated, I hated pushing things on people. And it just, it just wasn't the mentality I was, I was really interested in. Mm -hmm. Um, but like I said, I needed to get a job and that's, that's the kind of the job I looked at, you know, and I would have been stuck in it for a lot longer. Like I said, cause they paid me really well and I had a company car and I lived in San Diego, 20 yards on the beach and lived with my brother. And fortunately the job was, was so miserable. I actually, I remember that the, the turning point for me, the tr- company cars that we had about halfway through my year and a half working for them, they installed GPS tracking devices on our trucks. <laughs> so my boss could sit at his computer at home. If he wasn't even working and look on a, look at a map and see where each of our trucks were parked. And I remember he called me one morning at 7.03 asking me why I hadn't left my apartment yet because I was supposed to be out my door at 7 o'clock. Okay. And I'm sitting there like, I, this is nuts. There's no way yeah. in hell I can, I'm going to be able to put up with this level of big brother like looking over my shoulders. So actually what I, would, I would drive to job sites and, and get rejected for selling whatever. And then I would sit in my car. This is right around the time the seventh Harry Potter book came out. And I would sit in my car and read the chapter. And then I'd move <laughs> on to the next, the next job site and try to sell something there and then read the next chapter there and then move on to the next one. Like, it, was just, it was just really, really poorly aligned with what I was trying to do. And I, I'm one of those people where if you get me doing something that I'm not interested in, I'll find any way to do anything other than that. Mm-hmm. But if you get me lined up with something I'm really good at and something I enjoy, I will work on it for 20 hours a day and oh, love, love every second of it. So, um, yeah. It, it it took me it took me that the you know I chased the money mm-hmm. and went to work and made more money than I knew what to do with and luckily like I said the job was so miserable that I had no problem taking a fifty percent pay cut to go work for a job that actually that I, you know I, I put in fifty sixty hours a week at this other job making half as much money and loved it and the only reason I had to leave was because nerd fitness was was taking off and you know I, I had these these dreams and goals and things that I wanted to work on and had been working on for. A year and a half and not really sleeping so at that point I was like I think it's time to roll the dice and see if I can make this work I had I've no doubt I could always come back or go get another job doing something fun but if I don't take this risk now I'm always going to look back and wonder like what if or you know where you know you you get to the point where you get through your first 10 years and it's like oh when I want to have more money then I can invest in these things dude when I quit I had like four grand in the bank maybe maybe three grand in the bank 
nothing else saved up, no money coming in through the site yet, but I had to, I knew there was a way I could make it work. And I was picking up odd jobs on the side just to make ends meet until it finally took off. And I was pushing like sound, sound equipment around music venues in, in Atlanta. I once painted the soundstage floor of Drake's music video because it paid me a couple hundred bucks. Like I was picking up anything and everything I could uh, after I kind of made that leap just to make things work because I knew I found the thing I wanted to be, I wanted to spend the rest of my life working on. That's awesome. I think there's a lot of really good insights there. Just for the people who are listening to this who are maybe done with college and they didn't jump into their passion right away, I think like your story of, you know, going through something that sucked and, you know, realizing that a job where your only motivation to go to work is that you can read Harry Potter <laughs> when you're hiding from your boss is probably not. And I mean, I'm the same way. I've been, I'm a terrible employee in some situations. If I don't care about the job, like I'm, I'm bad. And I've always like faulted myself for that. You know, I just thought like, well, why am I bad at this? And then I'll you know, do my own thing. I realize if you get me on something that I'm actually passionate about, I'll be it's really good yeah. at it and sure. you know, work my butt off. But if I don't care, then I'm going to try to read something on my phone or you know, get distracted. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, and I hate to say that. And I apologize to my former boss. I still got everything done. It was just, <laughs> I had to, I really had like, I needed that, I needed that five, 10 minute break after each job site of getting rejected by, you know, mm-hmm. here I am like a 22 year old kid trying to sell construction equipment to a guy that has been working in construction for 40 years. And he's got six other sales reps coming after him. Like, what was I doing? You know, I, I was definitely not in the spot I, ne- I meant to be. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, you know, I, I, I said passion and you said passion as well. I think passion is one of those important words, but I think it's also a really dangerous word. I think a lot of people are like, oh, I just need to follow my passion and I'll make a business out of it. Like, well, if your passion is collecting butterflies, like, yeah. or, you know, if your passion is, you know, doing somersaults down a hill, like, that's cool. I just, you know, nobody's really going to pay you for it. Like, your passion needs to line up, I think, with solving somebody's problem. And yep. I think there's a way you can adapt. It's like, for me, I love helping people. And, and not, just, not just in fitness, but I found that fitness was the avenue that I could help people in a way that allowed me to build a business around it. And since mm-hmm. then, nerd fitness has definitely expanded. I mean, I now cover a lot more personal development, habit building, yep. uh, you know, adventure, level up your life type stuff beyond just fitness because I truly enjoy helping people. But if I try to, you know, like, oh, just, you know, oh, you can just quit your job and, 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 and travel and everything works out, it's like it doesn't really work that way. Like you need to actually provide value and yeah. specific help to somebody in order for you to be able to build a business around those things. So I think that passion, there's got to be a way you can adapt the things that you're really good at and the things that you love and have those things overlap with solving somebody's pain in a unique kind of way that allows you to build something around it. Exactly. That's that's always been my kind of definition of personal branding really is that intersection between your passions, your skills, and what somebody needs help with. Sure. For me, it was kind of the same. I get me college isn't my passion I actually started the site with more of a tech focus because I was working in tech support and loved like showing people new tools and like, hey, check mm-hmm. out Evernote and you know, check out how to hack your computer. And sure. It just evolved into general college success. So it's kind of the same thing. Definitely. So let's talk about um, where Nerd Fitness is now because obviously you are making a living off of it. And I mean, it's it's just grown. So I mean, like, what is what is exactly, you know, what has it turned into? What does it look like today? Honestly, dude, it's bonkers. Like, <laughs> I... It's funny. I get so many people asking me, like, "How did you get to where you are? How did you do this thing?" And I'm like, "I, I don't honestly, I don't know." Like, <laughs> I, I, I wrote articles about Star Wars and push-ups and 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 Lord of the Rings and and eating right and and did everything I could to help people in a, in a unique kind of way, and specifically trying to help people that would never go to a normal fitness website. 
And since then, it has evolved from just me writing articles about fitness into this community of people all over the world that are um, helping each other live better lives and organizing meetups. There's a meetup in Sydney, Australia tomorrow. I'm not seriously. There's a meetup. There's a nerd fitness. (laughs) There's a nerd fitness meetup in Sydney, Australia tomorrow. I had nothing to do with it. The nerd fitness readers who live in Sydney have been talking to each other and wanted to organize a meetup. There's a group in Boston that gets together probably once a month. And there's maybe like 15 to 20 of them. that are all nerd fitness people. Like these people have all met as a result of nerd fitness. Uh, It's, it's become something, you know, really, uh, really crazy. I, I, you know, we're about to pass, we're closing in about a hundred thousand email subscribers. Um, we have something like almost 20,000 people on our message boards. Uh, the team at nerd fitness, we now have one person working full time with me, another person working part time, and then anywhere from eight to 12 contractors working on, working on different projects and things like that. So it's really, you know, although I went about it from a different way, than just uh, like a normal business. It's kind of become more of a, a traditional business in that there are different people. We're just all scattered all over the world mm-hmm. and um, we're all kind of working with each other in a cool way where there's no hours, there's no set office to go to. It's just like, hey, there's the things you need to do. Get your stuff done and, and, and make it happen. Um, and we're in the process of trying to hire three to four more people now and it's all going to be um, people that don't have or that don't need an office that don't need to live here in Nashville like I do they can live anywhere as long as they're good at the things that they're doing so you know I think this is a lot of people think like well I don't feel like I'm the type of person that could run my own business that's totally fine go to work for somebody else that's a small business where you can make an immediate impact and, and that's what I loved working for the cruise job when I had an idea for them I was like hey we should be doing podcasts they're like okay great here's 2 grand to go buy podcasting recording equipment and we're going to have you interview bands on board like that happened in the span of like three days so like, you've done a podcast a- before then oh yeah I, I, I used to i used to love doing it. it was i actually got a chance to interview some of like my favorite musicians and it was terrifying because i'd never done any sort of <laughs> interviews before and all of a sudden i'm on a boat in the caribbean like interviewing ed roland from collective soul which is like my favorite band as a kid growing up and uh and then i'm like sitting in a room with him playing guitar while he's singing along it was like this is ridiculous so it's it's kind of cool when you get when you can get to work for for really small companies and mm-hmm. be able to make that immediate impact and when you have a good idea they just say run with it like i've i've done everything i can to relinquish as much control as possible in nerd fitness and empower everybody else that works for nerd fitness whether they're moderators on the message boards or people that work for the actual nerd fitness team like Guys, what else do we need to be doing? Great. How much money do you need to make it happen? Go for it. Done. It is yours. Run with it. Do what you will with it. I want you to take control of these things. So, you know, I think there there are ways, regardless of whether or not you want to work for yourself or work for somebody else, um, that you can you can you can certainly make an impact in a in a cool company and enjoy waking up on a Monday morning, which ninety percent of people do not enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's such a weird concept to think tomorrow morning is Monday morning and I'm excited for that. Like I'm ready to get started for the weekend, you know. Dude, I love Mondays. Yeah. Like I, I remember being so mi- uh, so miserable on Sundays after my cruise. You know, I, Sunday is as long as Saturday. There's they're both the same number of hours, but I would spend mm-hmm. all of Sunday just miserable because I knew I had to wake up the next morning and go to a job that I wasn't thrilled with. So Saturday and Friday night were really my only my my only sanctuary as far as like I cannot think about how unhappy I am right now. And now it's like, dude, I love Mondays. Like, I can't wait to post an article and see how people respond to it. And I can't wait to do interviews. And I can't wait to talk to new people and go do fun stuff. Or my Monday might be like me 
on a mountain in Africa or in Europe yeah. or playing golf in somewhere. Like, you know, my my life is so drastically different now than what it used to be. And I'm so thankful, honestly, that I had to go through those those moments of, of I don't want to say misery because, you know, obviously I was very lucky to have a job. Everybody says, like, oh, you're so lucky to have a job, blah, blah. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think it was, you know, I had to go through those things, but it also forced me to make the decision like, dude, if you don't have a job that you like or you have to invent one and yeah. build it around the life that you want to live. And that's kind of what I had to do. And that's, you know, that's what you're doing right now, too. And it's awesome. And when people say, like, you're lucky to have a job, I think that is a dangerous mindset to have. Because, I mean, if you have the mindset that you just call it everything people complain about is lucky, then you don't you basically don't let yourself think about improving your own situation. You just think, oh, you know, it's good to be grateful with what you've got, but it's also totally fine to want something more. And if you have the resources and the drive to get it, then go out and do it. Go for it. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And and uh, it's funny. Whenever I write about, like, the travel stuff, I I get a lot of emails from people that are like, oh, must be nice to be like you. And, oh, you know, I wish my dad was rich and paid me to go. I was like, dude, I haven't touched money from my parents in a (laughs) decade. You know, like... For, yeah. uh, I don't know what you're talking. You know, I, I built this off of two. Uh, I spent a hundred bucks to buy domain and hosting five years ago, and then I busted my ass for five years to get to where I am. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I am. Yes, I am very fortunate to be able to do what I do, but I worked my ass off to get to where I am. And like you said, oh, if you start thinking, oh, that person's so lucky, you are relinquishing personal responsibility. And I think personal responsibility to be responsible for where you are in life, and it might not be your fault that things have not gone your way, but it's your responsibility to deal with them. Like nobody's going to give you that handout. I think so many people act entitled these days and it drives me bonkers. It's like, just take control and stop complaining and do something about it. Like you could complain for the next week and a half and see how how your life improves. Mm -hmm. Or you can like do one thing that makes your life a little better and compare the two, which one puts you in a better position. It's not that surprise. Not that big of a surprise that actually taking action and doing something gets you a little bit closer. Exactly. Now let's take a, like a couple seconds to just like illustrate how hard. Like how hard did you work to get this thing going? Because I spent you know full nights up coding, and I I would sit in class writing articles. I spent half my internship writing when boss wasn't looking. You know, <laughs> just put in so much work. And the other thing that I think really attributes like to getting further is being willing to go out there and figure out how to do something without asking like if somebody that is there you know a lot of people say oh can you show me how to do this i would always be like i'm gonna go just learn sure like how much work did you put in to get to where you are well it's funny i get a lot of people that ask me like oh dude so like do you code everything yourself it's like to be honest with you like uh, as far as my nerd skills go like i'm a gamer and a bookworm like i know very little about computer programming luckily i had a roommate in college who went on to become an, he's now a full-time iPhone app developer. And uh, I think he's got like the number two travel app in all of iTunes right now. Um, but I was like, Hey man, like there's, I'm trying to install this WordPress thing and I'm trying to figure it out. And this is back before I think they even had like the five minute famous WordPress install. And oh, I think yeah. even if they did have that, I still wasn't sure what I was doing. I was like, dude, I just kind of want to get this thing set up. So he did the WordPress install and I figured out how to install a free template and put nerd fitness in there. And I drew on a napkin the Nerd Fitness logo and handed it to a friend of mine. I was like, hey, man, can you help me get this into Photoshop? And he's like, yeah, great. Like, I, I was okay with reaching out to people, but I still did everything I could to make it happen myself. Oh, yeah. And for uh, about three years, I still did, I did everything myself on the website. I still answered every email. I figured out how to format our e- the e-books I put together and, and process returns and f- it was a lot of figuring out and a lot of mistakes were made, but I think figuring out those mistakes and learning about these things and, and like you said, yeah, man, it was a lot of long nights. I was working 
nine, nine, 10 hours a day. And then I'd come home and I'd be up until four in the morning, writing articles, answering emails and going to work, you know, with, have to like tape my eyes open so I could stay awake. And, <laughs> and then I'd be writing articles at six in the morning on a cruise ship because we had just finished the cruise. The, the music was done for the night and my next sh- job on board didn't have to start till noon the next day. It was tough, but honestly, I think, you know, I was hooked the first, after the first email I got from a random reader that said, dude, I love what you're doing. And I really appreciate how you're putting this effort in. And, and I'd love to, you know, I'm, I'm going to continue reading nerd fitness. And after that one email, man, I was hooked. And that is an amazing feeling. It, right. Like you changed somebody's life and you did yeah. it and they have no idea who you are before. Like the fact that anybody reads anything I write is still amazing to me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the fact that, you know, these, these people are reading things and not just getting entertained, but they're actually improving their lives as well is, is just so, it's so motivating. And, you know, I, I worked, I wrote five articles a week for nine months when I started. And I think at nine months I had like 90 subscribers. I mean, it was nothing. I, mm-hmm. I and I, I had to learn how to write better. I had to learn what kind of articles worked better. I had to learn that pe- people freaking love Lego photos. You know, like I did that randomly <laughs> once and everybody was like, dude, where are you getting these Lego photos from? I was like, okay, crap. I guess I need to do more Lego photos because I love Legos. So, you know, it's just so much trial and error and, learning and and figuring things out but so many people are so worried about launching with the perfect website with 10 perfect articles just freaking set up wordpress put a domain name out there and start writing nobody's reading at the beginning anyway but you have to convince yourself that you can publish articles and do things and help people in a certain unique kind of way and you're going to suck at it for a long time i think i was at jonathan Jonathan Fields wrote a great article about building a crappy guitar. And he talked about oh, how he yeah. always wanted to build a guitar for years and years and years. And he read every book he could on it. And he finally met the owner of either Gibson or Taylor Guitars. And he told the guy he wanted to build a guitar. And the guy said, okay, well, show it to me. He's like, oh, I haven't built the first one yet. And he goes, go build a crappy guitar right now. And then build another one. And that one's going to be a little bit better. And then build another one. That one's going to be a little less <laughs> crappy. Yeah. <And> eventually, <laughs> by your eighth guitar, you're going to build a pretty good guitar. If you had spent those eight months instead learning about guitar making that eighth guitar is going to be just as bad as the first you know so mm-hmm. don't be afraid to build crappy stuff but build something and just start and and then pivot when you need to and make changes when when it's necessary and learn and and pick up everything that you can but hit publish and create something put it out there see what other people say they, they could tell you the world like oh what a great idea until it's available or until they have something that they can then divert their attention from to your thing you're never going to know if they're actually being serious about it or not. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely agree. It's, I know my stuff sucked. <laughs> uh, I go back and look at my, some of my old articles from time to time. It's just like walls of text. I didn't know about white space and didn't know about like anything. It's just like you need you to go learn, through man, that. But you, gotta, you have to go through that stuff. Just yeah. like I had to go through my crappy job. I had to go through... You have to go through those periods of you don't know what you're doing to get to the point where you can like, okay, I think I kind of now have a good grasp at how these things work and how this is supposed to work. So mm-hmm. I think another great thing to do is, yeah, have some sort of, uh, you know, if you can have some sort of apprentice or, or mentor that you can look up to, maybe not even somebody that, that knows you yet, but somebody that you can look to in a similar space or doing things maybe in a different, different, um, a different uh, section of, of, you know, a business, but yeah. In a, but they're doing it in a way that you'd like to do it for your particular subset of, of whatever you're trying to create and, and look to those mm-hmm. people and see how they're doing things and, and learn from there and, and, and then kind of adapt it and take the best things that work for you and take the best thing from other things and combine it all together and, and get it out there for sure. Dude, let me tell you how much inspiration I have taken from your website 
in building mine. Oh, go on. Like, no, seriously. Keep I'm going. not even. Yeah, I'm Tell not you. even joking. Like I have gone through the reason I emailed you that like randomly that first time. I was like, hey, Steve, you have this like CSS bug on your website. Here's the code to fix it. Is because I've been like. I had been looking at your website for hours, just like studying, like the way. Oh, okay, he like has better white space than I do, and like doesn't write his like fifty line paragraphs and stuff. So I mean, like definitely, like props to you for learning all that stuff because I definitely learned a little bit of what I do from you. Thanks, man. And like I think the biggest influence and the thing I want to talk about now is like your epic quest of awesome. So you have that page, and then Joel Runyon has his impossible list. I just outright stole the name of that. But those two pages, like, you both had these really cool lists of amazing goals that not, they weren't just bucket lists. They were, like, actual lists of things you were crossing off and being accountable for and saying, I'm going to do these amazing things in my life, and here's proof that I've done some of them. I, I did that for my website, and it's, like, not a tutorial or an article for my readers, but I think, like, just you having that up there and, like, showing that you've done these things was super inspirational for me and it's like the main reason I went and did crazy things like skydiving or went to Japan so like what gave you the idea to put that up together uh t- two things really one thing was I-, I had never traveled before I had run nerd fitness like I had been all throughout the Caribbean obviously and been traveled throughout North America but I'd never done any sort of legitimate traveling outside of that stuff so figured if I wasn't going to do it now, I'd never get a chance to. And now that I run a business online, if I didn't, you know, there was an opportunity for me to be able to do both run the business and do all these cool traveling things. And as a result of the traveling things, maybe strum up up some more um, exposure for the website and and kind of use the two things to, to build on each other. So after about six months of running Nerd Fitness full time, my lease was finishing up in Nashville. And one roommate was moving in with his girlfriend, who is now his wife, and the other was moving back to his home in, in Alabama. And I felt like I had an opportunity. It's like, well, I can either get my own one-bedroom apartment here in Atlanta and play things safe, or I can roll the dice and do something that scares the crap out of me. And like you said, everybody's got a bucket list. And I had this idea. It's like, well, if I'm running a website called Nerd Fitness, I can't have a bucket list. That doesn't sound nerdy enough. What am I going to call this thing? It was like, let's call it my epic quest of awesome. Like... Let's draw inspiration from all the video games and movies and, and things that I've always loved. And let's throw those things into this giant video game that we call life. And I get to be the character and I get to level myself up every time I cross things off of my list. So I had this idea to do these things. And, um, you know, like I said, I had the opportunity to kind of sell all of my stuff and start, and start traveling. So I made the decision that I could sell my car, which bought me a bunch of money. You know, obviously I sold my car, sold my all my furniture, got rid of all of my stuff. And I made, a, I made a, a commitment to myself that I was going to go on this trip and travel for a year. And I was going to come back from that trip more financially stable than when I had left. So I know a lot of people that travel and they take three months off and go travel. And then they come back and they have to go back to the real world. I had no interest in doing that. So I was like, what if I look at this trip as a giant business trip? And by doing that, it helped me in a couple of ways. One, I could then incorporate the travel into the writing of my website and I could go do these cool things and show people like, hey, if this risk averse, picky food eating nerd can travel the world, then there's no excuse for other people to not take a risk and go on some adventure. It doesn't need to be 12 months of traveling around the world, but it does need to be something that pushes them outside of their comfort zone. And two, as a small business owner, 
if I could go on a 12 month business trip for taxes, that's like the greatest thing in the entire world. Instead of paying myself money and then paying for things and paying for taxes, by incorporating all of these things into my business, I could pay for my trip with pre-tax money. Like it was a business expense for me to go scuba diving in Australia or to fly a stunt plane in New Zealand, climb a, you know, go the Great Wall of China or go down to climb, climb Tabletop Mountain in South Africa. All of these things, because they were part of my website and part of my marketing and part of the, the message I was trying to spread became part of my business. Which is awesome. So, you know, whenever people are like, oh, how'd you get to do this? Like, well, I was really, it was a 12 month business trip. I was still working my ass off. I'd go on like a three day safari in the outback and then I'd come home and sit at my computer for two days straight in a hostel and work and write like crazy and answer all the emails that got passed that, that had been sitting in the inbox for three days or a week or whatever it is. Um, so it, it, it was certainly a challenge to, and after the year of, of hardcore traveling and hardcore writing and things. I, I got really burned out and decided I was going to start taking things a little slower, going like two, three months at a time in different locations and, and try to get settled in. Um, but ultimately at the end, after about two years of this stuff, I got to the point where like just persistent travel, not having a home got, got a little overwhelming and I, I got sick of meeting so many great people and then saying goodbye and never seeing them again that eventually I wanted to have a home, which is why I moved here to Nashville about six months ago. Uh, and I'm still taking trips. I'm just, you know, um, uh, next week I'm off to New York and Boston. And then the week after that, I might head up to Wisconsin to play some golf and, uh, you know, still, still doing a lot of traveling. Maybe might head up to England to go to a premier league game in November. Maybe to honestly, I don't know yet I don't, I, because I don't have to answer to anybody. <laughs> I can plan it two weeks out and then just go. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I mean, honestly the, the trip, the, the whole, the whole catalyst behind this adventure was just, I, I knew if I never did it or if I didn't do it now, I'd never get that chance. You know, as a single 25 year old at the time, it was like, why not roll the dice and see what happens and, and have some fun and come back with these adventures and things that you'll be able to tell your grandkids about, you know, 60 years from now. So now I have enough adventures. I packed enough adventure into about a year and a half more adventure than most people get to experience in a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And I still get another 70, however many years of, of adventure before I uh, dive having way too much fun with, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the plan. I'm not sure that's going to work yet, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So everyone listening to this, go travel. <laughs> Actually, I interviewed Travis from Extra Pack of Peanuts yesterday, and just we talked about. Oh, he's all a the, good dude, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's an awesome guy. And we we're just talking about uh, just get out there and travel. I mean, it's scary. I mean, you did it totally solo, so that's that's terrifying. Yeah, it's. I but it was still so good. Done it. I was yeah. so. I'm so glad I did because <laughs> it forced me out of my comfort zone. Like if I travel with friends, my friends are the people that I talk to when I'm traveling. When I was alone, it's like, oh crap, I. Uh, Unless I want to hang out by myself for the next month, I should probably make friends with people. And then you make friends, yeah. and after 30 seconds, you're like, oh, this is awesome. I now know new <laughs> people that want to hang out and do fun stuff that are traveling, you know? The mm -hmm. only issue I ran into while traveling and working was be like Tuesday night. People were like, dude, we're going out. And be like, uh, sorry, I have yeah. 300, 300 emails to answer and returns to process and a new book to write and three interviews to do. And they're like, what is wrong with you? Like you're on vacation. <laughs> I'm like, this is not vacation. This is a business trip. So yeah. you know, I, had to, I had to kind of segment my trip into like these three days are adventure. And then these three days are work. And then this week is adventure. And then this entire week has to be work. So mm -hmm. I would, I tried to structure it, structure it that way. And, and like you said, I think traveling is important for some people that don't want to travel. That's cool. I think it's still important to find things that push you outside of your comfort zone and, and do them because those are the things that make you grow as a person and make you realize what you're actually capable of and show you things that you probably, you know, expose you to things that 
you might love that you never would have thought you would have loved to begin with. So I, I think new experiences and things like that and traveling, if, it, if it's, if it's a, an option for you and it's something you're interested in, stop putting it off, make it a priority, cut back on other things and, and start, you know, set up a, a free savings account and just start putting 50 bucks in there every other week and whatever it is, start saving up. So at least you have something to work towards, put on a calendar, find a way to make it more permanent than just this nebulous thought in your, in the, in your brain, put some concrete details behind it. And all of a sudden it becomes real and it's like, okay, now I guess we're really going to have to do this thing and, and, and go on some crazy adventure. Awesome. And I will definitely link to that page in the show notes for this episode because I'd love for people to look at it. And I think you have also like a couple articles that just kind of recap the trip, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's one on, um, I think it's called like my lessons learned from 14 months of adventure travel. That's what and, it was. Uh, that that kind of recaps most of most of the stuff. And uh, yeah, looking back at that stuff, like honestly, dude, looking back at a lot of those photos, like I don't even, like it doesn't seem real. Mm-hmm. Like I remember doing them but it also seems like that was such a long lifetime ago. And it's like, man, I, I did some really crazy, fun <laughs> things that never in a million years, three years ago, would I've ever imagined anything like that ever happening to somebody like me. But ultimately I decided like that I can be that person. I just need to make the decision that I want to be that person. So I did. And I started doing things and somehow here I am with a, a, an, a business that, that operates and helps people around the world and allows me to, to live a life and wake up on Mondays, not being miserable. It's pretty sweet. And you have my favorite video on YouTube, exercising <laughs> around the world. And I'm not even joking. That is my favorite video on YouTube. Yes. Because that, that makes you feel happy, man. It's Thanks. so cool. And like that weird <laughs> Nike guy or whoever copied it. but then, Which is funny because I was like, my video is ready to go. And then he's coming out like a week before mine. I was like, oh, damn you, Nike. Uh, <laughs> I was in Ecuador at the time and I was watching that video, just my jaw on the ground. I was like, you jerks. Like, yeah. Which is funny, you know, and it's, and it, I think it's got like two hundred something thousand views now, and Yours you know, does? I, I, yeah, okay. and I could have like videoed like a cat like you know falling off a couch, and it would have mm-hmm. ended up with getting more videos, but more links or more views. But I'm 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 really proud of the eighteen months and and amount of money and, and amount of time and effort and things that went into making that video. Like I'm gonna look at that again. Oh yeah, twenty years from now and show it to people and be like, yep, you're you're. Your father is is actually a cool dude. Yeah, you might think he's a dork, but <laughs> I promise you, at one point, I was in fact a, a pretty cool nerd at the time. It, I mean, a cat video is not going to inspire me to go to the gym <laughs> or to, to book a good, ticket somewhere. I mean, point. I watched it, that it, video to get pumped up for the day. So that is awesome. Excellent. Well, th- uh, that makes me happy. I'm, I'm glad to hear you enjoyed it. Cool. So we've gone 46 minutes without talking about fitness, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm guessing some some people on the podcast would be like, "Okay, this is cool, but I want to learn like." how do I start working out or sure, you know, sure. what should I eat? Now, when I was a kid, my dad forced me to work out and my, my parents' basement literally is like the size of the YMCA gym. It's like the most insane. That's and awesome. He, he's got a boxing ring in there. I had to box him when I was a kid and I still have nightmares about it. And I mean, you got, you got into fitness when you were uh, a teenager, right? Yeah. High school. Yeah. And you said, I was, I was listening to the podcast. You went six years just you know, reading every scrap of muscle mag you could find and, you know, all this conflicting advice. And the problem is like fitness is like the most saturated niche with a million different people trying to make money in a million different ways. Yep. But I mean, like when it comes down to it, it's just moving and putting the right fuel in your body. And I mean, it's, I don't think it's too complicated. So like if somebody wants to get started with working out, like where do you point them? What direction do you point them in? Sure. So, you know, the, the issue for me, like you said, uh, I didn't understand the importance of diet when I started. Mm-hmm. I spent two years of high school and four years of college almost working out every day. 
and it was doing like the muscle, like the bodybuilder split where it was like, today is like calves day. And then tomorrow is like biceps day. And then the next day is tricep and then shoulders and then legs and then left glute, you know, like every day it was like, it was ridiculous. And you know, I didn't realize that these plans are designed one to sell magazines and two designed for bodybuilders that are on steroids. I wasn't on steroids and I had no desire to be a bodybuilder, but I thought that's what I needed to do to get healthy and get bigger. Um, but I wasn't eating right and I was following this plan and in four years of college I had no success. It wasn't until after college when I moved to San Diego. I, got, I had a personal trainer that actually knew what he was talking about. I signed up for a gym and they're like, you get two free sessions. I was like, dude, I've been working out for six years. What do I need a trainer for? I know exactly what I'm doing. And the guy's like, all right, show me your workout and tell me what you're <laughs> eating. And I went through it like with all the excruciating detail. He's like, all right, I want you to throw all of that away. I was like, well, but I, he's like, trust me, throw it all away. <laughs> These are the six exercises you're going to do. You're going to do squats deadlifts, overhead presses, pull-ups, push-ups, and uh, dips. Oh, and then uh, body rows or something. I was like, so the rippy toes routine, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. Super simple. I was like, there's no way this is going to work. Like, these are basic exercises. Uh, you know, what am I going to do? He's like, dude, just get good at these seven things. Pick a, pick a leg exercise, pick a push exercise, and pick a pull exercise. And every other day, do that. And work on getting stronger. Add five pounds to the bar every time. Also, with your diet, because you're a skinny guy trying to bulk up, this is what you're eating before. I need you to double it. It's like that's <laughs> that's way too much food. I was like, dude, trust me. I put on like 18 pounds in 30 days or something. And obviously, not all of it was muscle. I, I would mm-hmm. I would imagine it was probably like four or five pounds of muscle. Because I, I although I had spent six years training, I was I was such a noob with actual proper training that. Um, I probably put on, I want to say five, six, seven pounds of muscle or something. And the rest was fat. But for a guy that had struggled to put on weight for six years and all this hard work, cutting my workout time, and I was working out three days a week for 45 minutes and then just eating more. And that's when the light bulb went off in my head. It was like, okay, first of all, diet is 80 to 90% of the battle. So if you're, if you're in college and you're trying to get bigger or you're trying to lose weight, I realize this is tough because, you know, there's a keg on tap somewhere on campus, I guarantee. <laughs> like, do everything you can to take care of yourself when you're not out partying, if that's mm-hmm. what you're going to do. And that's still the motto I live with today. Like, I take care of myself Sunday afternoon through Friday afternoon. And then Friday night through Sunday morning or Friday night through Saturday night. Like, I'll drink beer and eat pizza and eat hot wings and watch college football and hang out at a tailgate and stay up too late and do these things. I'm more than okay with that because I know the other 90% of my time, I am really diligent in how I eat. You know, I, I try to minimize, minimize processed foods. I try to eat way more vegetables. I eat, I eat enough, you know, high quality meat that, that, um, allows me to rebuild muscle and things like that. So, you know, I'm a huge fan of what we call the paleo diet and I've written about it on nerd fitness. It's really the article. I think nerd fitness has kind of been discovered by so many people for, I think if you Google paleo diet, we show up like third or something Mm -hmm. after Wikipedia and the guy that invented the term. Um, And it's this concept of trying to eat more vegetables, essentially vegetables, meat, fruit, and nuts. And you cut back on, cut back on grains and grains and carbs and processed foods and dairy. Right. And, you know, in a, in a college dorm or, or if you're in a college dorm, if you're not cooking for yourself, if you're in like the college cafeteria, there's always a salad bar. There's always some sort of grilled chicken option or fish option or something, eggs. Mm-hmm. There's always something that you can kind of MacGyver yourself a decent paleo meal out of. Yeah. Um, I was a salad bar junkie when I had the dining hall access. And then what you, you do is you get chicken sandwiches and you give the buns to your friends who don't care. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
Yeah. They're going to eat them anyway, so. Which is tough. And I think the other issue with college is most people don't care. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be surrounded by people that are going to say, like, dude, what do you do? Or, like, kind of make fun of you for taking care of yourself and taking care of your health and not going out on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays and Fridays and Saturdays. But you have to decide what's important to you. You know, Mm -hmm. I think I think you you probably found a good balance. And I did in college, too. Uh, I needed to find those things and be okay with other people kind of poking fun at the fact that I didn't want to go out every night of the week, that I would instead go out a couple nights and take care of myself the other days. And as a result of that, you know, I came out of college with with great habits and felt really good about the things that I wanted to do and didn't have to worry about like, oh, geez, now I have 30 pounds I need to lose. It was like I I still took care of myself. you know, and like, and this is funny, you know, I took care of myself. I was eating all the right foods. The problem was I just wasn't eating enough of them mm-hmm. back in college to, to put on the size that I wanted to. Uh, but I think for most people, probably their goal is to lose weight. So it's, it's cutting back on the crap. And if you're going to get your calories, save them, say, if you're, you know, kind of cram them into a couple of key time periods and then just force yourself to stay on target for the rest of it. So, yeah, I, you know, I think, um, if I had to narrow it down to three big things, one diet is 80% of it. Two, strength training is so freaking important, regardless of what kind of exercise you enjoy doing. If you don't like going to a gym, you can just do push-ups and squats and you're in a park or something. And third and lastly, find something that you enjoy. Like whether it's, you know, there's so many different ways in college to stay fit. You can join intramural basketball, flag football. Uh, there's, there's a club for juggling, unicycling, whatever it is, whatever gets you off of your couch and away from the Xbox controller and out the door and doing something that makes you feel alive and gets your heartbeat pumping, the better off you're going to be. So yeah. finding that thing that makes you happy and then just kind of supplementing that with a little bit of strength training here and there. Unless, you know, strength training is your, your passion, then dude, jump into it, pick up a bar and start lifting and, and work on getting stronger. Combine that with eating right and you look like uh, Captain America in no time. Now, what if, Maybe not no time. What if we're Might talking about girls here? Should girls get into strength training too? Or is, oh, are they yeah. going to bulk up and become a Hulk if they touch one dumbbell? Or what? Right. Uh, <laughs> that's, yeah, no. Thankfully, that is not exactly how it works. Um, in order for a woman to look jacked, she has to probably be on steroids mm-hmm. and following a bodybuilder split and eating 4,000 to 5,000 to 6,000 calories a day in order to go along with the, the you know, the, the women that look like bodybuilders, they look like that because they are trying to look like that. Yep. For every other woman, <laughs> picking up really heavy weights actually builds really strong, tight, dense muscle, aka that toned look that every woman is looking for. Mm-hmm. Problem is they go about it the wrong way because they've been brainwashed by Shape Magazine to never pick up anything more than a five-pound dumbbell. Like, I saw the other day Gwyneth Paltrow's trainer, like, doesn't oh, allow her to pick up anything more than five pounds or something. It's yeah, like, it's how does she pick up her kid? Like, you know, her kid must be weigh 15 pounds. Oh, nobody mm-hmm. can pick her because she don't want to get too bulky. Like, that's such crap. And that's why I love, you know, the, so the person that actually works for me full-time now, her name's Stacy. Um, yeah, Stacy is the best. Stacy's the one, yeah. Stacy's got the best transformation story ever she found nerd fitness and she had been following like the typical college girl diet which was starving herself and running on a treadmill for three hours a day and she got so weak and miserable that she couldn't even pick up a five pound dumbbell stumbles across nerd fitness falls in love with this concept of the paleo diet and is convinced by some people in our message boards to start strength training falls in love with heavy 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 strength training Mm-hmm. Right now, Stacy deadlifts three eighty. She deadlifts more than me. 
Yeah, she weighs is, about 140 pounds. <laughs> she weighs about 140 pounds, looks like every woman wants to look, and she deadlifts 380 pounds. Uh, it is unbelievable, the transformation that she has. And you look at her pictures, and if you just, I think, no joke, if you Google Stacy, S-T-A-C-I, our article might be the first thing that shows up. Like, she's become yeah. a superhero and a, 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 a such a role model to so many women all over the world because she looks like everyone wants to look, but she did it the right way through proper eating and, and strength training. Like she didn't spend, I don't think she's ever, she, I can't tell her the last time she's been on a treadmill. It's probably been years. Yep. Um, but she fell in love with this stuff and she looked, like I said, she looks like how every woman wants to look and she did it by getting really, really, really freaking strong. And there is, there's nobody in the, nobody in the right mind would ever say she's bulky. You know, it's, no, I mean, not. she looks, she looks great. She looks great, right? Yeah. And she, she did. She did it the right way, and and I'm so thankful for her story, and I'm so glad that she found Nerd Fitness and was able to to have this transformation, because I think it is. I mean, it has inspired tens of thousands of women to join Nerd Fitness mm-hmm. and start following, and not being afraid to go pick up a weight and and consider strength training and doing push-ups and and pull-ups i love getting emails from women that are like i've been following your pull-up you know how to do a pull-up routine for the past six months and i just did my first pull-up yesterday like that's amazing (laughs) that makes me so happy like nothing to be honest you know my opinion nothing nothing is 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 better than seeing a a woman in a gym doing like heavy barbell squats like squatting way down to the ground me while like a a bro standing right next to her doing like power (laughs) curtsies in the smith machine like that makes me so happy, and that's a person I want to go up to and high five. So, yeah, exactly. man, I, yeah, I love that stuff, and and absolutely, women should one hundred percent strength train. And if you're at all on the fence about it, just Google Stacy or Stacy Nerd Fitness and read the article, and I guarantee you'll be convinced. Like, okay, maybe this chick's got a she's she's on the right path, and maybe I could try <laughs> doing something like this and see how it works for me too. Yeah, and if that doesn't convince you, my my mom is she just turned forty nine a couple days ago. She that's what she does. She goes down with just like heavy squats and you know powerlifting yeah, and heavy weights awesome. and she looks freaking great. That's you know, awesome. she does not look forty nine years old, that's for sure. That's so great, man. Get down there and do that. So what do you do for fun when you're not like actual training to, uh, to get off get be active? Let's be active. I love hiking. Yeah. I love hiking. I love going for long walks. Like there's a great walking bridge. I'm actually looking at it outside my window right now here in Nashville. I love going for walks all over the place. Um I love to play golf. I play pickup basketball on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually going to a swing dancing class tonight for the okay. first time ever, which I'm terrified of. And which Get is why I, 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 I signed myself up for it. <laughs> I figured it'd be a good thing for me to do. Yeah. So uh, I, try, I try to pick things that are unusual. And you know, I went to a capoeira class here in Nashville once. And hopefully I can get back into that now that my back's a little better. And, uh, you know, yoga. I, I try to pick a little bit of everything along with, you know, like I strength train three times a week and then, yeah, I mean, just a lot of walking. Like I love, I love walking and, and exploring and, and that's like my favorite thing to do when I go to a new city, I'll just pick a direction and start walking. And have then, you, uh, yeah. have you tried slacklining? I did it once in Brazil. I was okay. down there for carnival and they had one set up between a couple of trees and mm-hmm. I did it for like 10 minutes and I could make it like three steps across before I fell over. And I was like, I totally would love to do this again. I just haven't been able to. Um, oh dude you should buy one so mark sisson he posted a video of him doing it and he's like this is my new obsession and of course like all my friends make fun of me because i get all my ideas from blogs but (laughs) i went out and bought a slack line and i just bring it to the park every time we go i think i've tried i've done it like three sessions now and i can make it six or seven steps if it's real tight i can go the whole way and it's Mm -hmm. it's so fun you should like you should get one it's um yeah (laughs) 
uh, it's one of those things I've definitely wanted to do. I, should, I remember looking at it in college and I was thinking like it was the, it was like a certain, it was like the, the hippie crowd is on those things. Yeah. And I just never would have considered the, even trying it. But then I tried, I was like, oh, well, that was stupid of me. They're doing it because that's freaking awesome. And like, mm-hmm. it's fun to try. And who else does it? Um, Jim from beastskills.com. He's, he's oh, the guy okay. that helped, helped me with um, gymnastics and helped me with, you know, kind of coordinate the workout that I'm doing now. Okay. He got big into it about six months ago too. And, and has been, you know, every once in a while, mix that in with his with his uh with his workouts as well seems like a lot of fun I, yeah it's it's on it's on the list uh how can i how, so how do i incorporate that into the epic quest i have to walk across and back how do, like what's going to give me the experience what do you think well, you if, tell you me. Want, if you want the epic quest google uh that slacklining girl do you have to like do a backflip or something no she she puts them up between chasms and uh, <laughs> i think she did it at one point where she had it up at like a hundred foot drop into a cliff and she, uh, she didn't even tie her waist to anything for this one. She's just like, this makes me feel alive knowing that I could die at any minute. So uh, if you want to put a like, super epic quest of awesome. But no, I'm just like, uh, I don't yeah. know. For me, I, like, people do the tricks on it. Mm-hmm. Where like, they're bouncing on it and they like, do a front flip. So if I could ever get to the point where I like, am really good on the feet part and then I could start doing tricks, I think I would feel accomplished. Uh, I'm gonna work on. I'm gonna try to land a front flip on the ground first before I try to land one balancing on a slack line. I think. Oh, are you, are you trying to learn that? No, but okay. if I did, if I was gonna try to learn one on a slack line, I'd try to learn on the ground. Dude, first. if Nashville has a sky zone, then uh, the, the, like the bungee jump or the um, the, the trampoline, the trampoline place. place. I drag my friends there once or twice a week, and I I taught my girlfriend. She finally knows how to do front flips on the trampolines now, and she's just Perfect. like super excited. So that I think right. that is like the most fun way to exercise that I've ever come across. Interesting. You're just okay. Flying across these trampolines, doing flips and stuff. Yeah, that's the. I'll, I'll have to track one. I'm sure there's one down here somewhere. Awesome. Yeah, track, track it down. Find it. If I've ever come out to Nashville and hang out, we'll find one. Yeah, and dude, come, come on go down to it. Because I like the city. I think I know what the bridge you're talking about. We were on that bridge. It's like that huge drop uh, right by the football stadium, right? Yeah, yeah. I like. I'm looking at the football stadium right now. Oh, okay. So you probably yeah. look pretty close to where we were. Yep. Yeah, awesome. I'm like two block, two block walk from here. Wherever, wherever you were. Yeah, I'm right, right down the street from there. Nice. Cool. I think we've just about covered it. We're right around the hour mark now. So All right. I think it's cool to start wrapping up. Uh, Sweet. What, what games are you playing right now? I guess should ask since we're Great question. talking about uh, nerds. I just, I, so I just, made a, I just made a big decision in my life. So I just beat Arkham City. Okay. Uh, yeah, Monday. What was Labor Day? Monday. Mm-hmm. So I just beat Arkham City on Monday, and I was in the process of starting to go through collecting the 400 Riddler trophies. And I made the decision I'm not going to collect them. <laughs> So are you like a, a completionist gamer kind of like that? It depends on the game. Like okay. Assassin's Creed, yes. Like yeah. I'll go through, I'll collect every feather, I'll get every weapon, I'll get every upgrade, I'll get every painting, I'll try to get every achievement, whatever. Um, and I 100%ed recently God of War 1 and 2 okay. and was working my way through 3. So certain games I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, other games, like if there's like a multiplayer component, I try not to. Yeah. Like if you, if you need multiplayer to get like the, 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 the full trophy for it. I just don't have the time. Um, and what I decided for this was like, this is going to be another 20 hours of playing this game to collect trophies. Or I can dedicate those 20 hours to either making nerd fitness better or picking up another game or something. So mm-hmm. next on the list is Bioshock Infinite. Um, oh, man. I still haven't finished it, but I hear it's get awesome. into it. It's so good. I and I need to finish one, it. I'm like, I am a wuss when it comes to spooky games. So I can never play the first one or second one. But this one's not too bad. Because it's up so, in the sky. It's not yeah, really it's up as bad in the as sky. Underwater. My oh, the first like, one was creepy, man. It it's was great. so creepy. And, like, I don't know. For some reason, I can go into any haunted house and just have nerves of steel. Like, I've got friends who play scary games and watch scary movies, and they will never step foot in a haunted house. doesn't uh-huh. faze me. But, like, with the game, it's, like, it's so immersive. 
Yeah. And, like, if the story's kind of, like, believable and well-made, like, in Bioshock, I'm just, like, creeped out. But sure. this one, it's up in the sky. It's, like, daylight for most of the time, so... Yeah, I mean, I'm finish that. I think that's... I, I'm picking that up, and then by the time that's done, I think uh, Grand Theft Auto Five should come out. Yeah. Life and the then, video game. Right, yeah. <laughs> and then after that's done, uh, which is going to take me a while... I'm going to imagine hopefully that PlayStation 4 is out and I can pick up Assassin's Creed 4, which, I'm, you know, it'll be out before the PlayStation 4, but I think I'm going to pick up a, a PlayStation 4 and get Assassin's Creed for the next-gen system. Is that going to be the Pirates one? Then? Yeah. Pirates, See, dude, that's... I don't know what it is. I just love, I love Assassin's Creed games. Mm-hmm. I just, I've played all through, I played through every single one of them. I think I've 100%ed most of them. And uh, the last one was okay. The, uh, I, lo- I love the concept. The fact you combine Assassin's Creed and the American Revolution was like, this is fantastic. But I thought the beginning, the first four or five hours is real drag. And uh, eventually it picked up. I'm, I'm pretty fired up for this next one, though. I, I, I read some, some stuff in IGN the other day that said it was uh, – it, it jumped up their list as far as anticipation goes after spending a good hour with it. The whole – it's really open world and, and exploring a bunch of stuff. They said it was, they said it was pretty awesome. Okay. It's weird. Like, I never got into those games, and they're like all based on parkour – which I freaking love. Have so, you played um, Mirror's Edge? Yes, I love Mirror's okay. Edge. And I Mirror's Edge the 2 DLC. coming next. Uh, is it? Mirror's Edge. They, they announced it at uh, E3 this year. Yeah, Mirror's Edge 2 is coming out for next-gen consoles, I think probably in 2014. But yeah, I mean, it looks awesome. Okay, I haven't, I've been reading so many books lately that I haven't been really keeping up on gaming news or anything. That's all right. You're, 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 the, you know, you're, you're nerding it up in a different way. That's cool. Yeah, too. I'm, I'm going through the Harry Potter series now. I for, finished, first time? I did the first four books when I was a kid. Yeah, because I had like my parents so, like, back last then year? were like all suspicious about it and let me read it. So and then I I watched all the movies this year. So now I got I'm reading the first four again. Then I'm gonna do five, six, and seven for the first time. They're so good, man. And it's funny because so uh, oh. there's a there's a fan fiction called Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality, which is like huge on the internet. And it's just it goes beyond what a fan fiction is, and I I love it. And my friends make fun of me for reading it. But I finished. Dude, that's what friends everything. are for. Friends yeah. make funny for all these things, and I, dude, I get made fun of for also. I get made fun of for my eating habits, my training style, why I do the things that I do, the nerdy stuff that I love, and I'm like, dude, that's fine. You keep making fun of me, and I'll just keep <laughs> having a great time and doing things that I love, and waking up on Monday, being happy and being in shape, and all this good stuff. So, you said you were down in a. Did you go to the Harry Potter world? Yes. How oh man, it? so is it, is it cool? It's so cool. It's like it's like you're in Hogwarts, you're in Hogsmeade. Uh, Damn, my girlfriend and then my friend Ashley, who is her roommate, they are like the biggest Harry Potter nerds. And you should have seen their faces just walking in there for the first time. I'm pretty sure one of them cried because it was <laughs> it's I, it's so well done. There. And the Harry Potter ride down there is the best ride I've ever been on. What's the ride? It's is it uh, the du- like the Dueling Dragon? No, oh, wait, no the Dueling Dragons is like a roller coaster. Have you ever been to Worlds of? Or Islands of Adventure at all? Yeah, so I went there actually before it even opened. Like it was like a, it was like oh. two weeks before it opened, so it was like a soft open. So okay. my parents, I was like fourteen at the time, thirteen maybe. My parents just dropped me off at the park and they're like, "We'll pick you up in ten hours." And they're like, "I don't even <laughs> have a cell phone." I was like, "Freaking sweet!" You know, I went on every ride like eight times. The Hulk ride made oh, my man, head the hurt. Hulk's oh, so the Hulk cool. ride, oh, that was the best. Oh, Did I you go it. on the Spider Man one? Uh, yeah, it was that the like the like the screens and like yes. you're moving around? Yeah, that was badass too. So the Harry Potter one is like that, but better. Okay, All I right, think I think the Spider-Man one is a second favorite ride because I mean it was amazing, but the Harry Potter one inches it out just a little bit. I think the the props they used in the real life sections were a little better. 
Interesting. I should just like book a flight tomorrow and go down there by myself for three days and like and be like that weird dude that's 29 that's hanging out <laughs> at, at Harry Potter, like waving a wand, yelling at things like, oh, I would <laughs> I would love to do that. I'd go with you, but I think my girlfriend would kill me if I didn't bring her. <laughs> that's right. I want you. I can't, I can't I can't have your death in my conscience. I'm not. Yep. Go, yeah. Awesome. OK, so I guess we're about ready to wrap up. Um, if people want to connect with you or, you know, read stuff you wrote, I'm sure I'm going to link to a lot of articles in the show notes. But where should they go? nerdfitness.com or okay. hit me up on Twitter. I'm on there far too often for my own good uh, at Steve Cam, S-T-E-V-E-K-A-M-B. And awesome. uh, yeah, just say, just say, hey, I'm, I'm around and I love answering questions and, and helping and talking nerdy stuff with people. I'm actually talking at this really super nerdy conference this weekend in Ohio called MidoriCon that I'm really fired up about. MidoriCon, like that's the like, Japanese like an anime word conference. for green. So. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like an anime conference at like this this park, this uh, oh, seriously? resort resort in in backwoods of Ohio. Yeah, there's like a Mario Kart go kart race that okay. I'm like a legit go kart. Like I'm driving a go kart and dressing up like Mario and throwing bl- like red and green water balloons at people or something. That's so uh, cool. And talking about yeah, nerd fitness and leveling up and uh, leading a leading a hike through the woods like like Zelda in the Lost Woods. So yeah, man, it's it's definitely the nerdiest thing I've ever done, and I'm so fired up about it. Well, if you're willing to go to anime cons, I'll talk to my friends and see if you can get out to Anime Iowa next year. Dude, let's make yeah, it I went to it two two years in a row, and it's fun. You I mean? Oh, just of course. Dress up like a nerd and go hang out. My ultimate goal will be to dress up like uh, Ezio from Assassin's Creed Two for like Comic Con or something. That's on. Okay. The, I think that I have to add that to the Epic Quest list. I have to get like a legit costume made though, not okay. like buying one for like fifty bucks online. Like I'm gonna hire a seamstress to oh, actually yeah. build, put this thing together, and like send measurements and do all that stuff. So we'll have to add that for the list for next year. Do it. <laughs> yes, uh, sir. I'll figure out an awesome costume for me to do. I'm gonna probably do Ace from One Piece if I can actually get my six pack back. There we go. And then, we'll, <laughs> then, we'll, then we'll go hang out. You know, we'll go hang out in Com- uh, Comic Con San Diego. Next, All right. Next next summer. Done. Sweet. Well, yeah. Thanks for coming on the show. Hopefully, some people from this, you know, listen to this. We're gonna get back into fitness. I hope so. I've been I've been Hopefully a little lazy lately, so I'm getting back into it. So go go pick something up. I'm gonna go pick something up. All right. Yeah. Thank you, dude. All right, brother. All right. Well, that was definitely my longest podcast episode yet, I believe. And um, at least for me, I was very glad to have him on for as long as he did because we talked about some awesome things. And hopefully you have you know been inspired to make some healthy choices in your life and you've learned a couple of things. So, you know, definitely glad to have Steve on the podcast. And I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed making it and listening to it after making it. So once again, CIGpodcast.com to get the show notes and links and subscribe link in iTunes. Just find the episode 14 listing and you'll be good to go. Um, That's all I have today for the SIG podcast. So have an awesome day and we'll be back next week with another awesome interview. Thanks for listening to the College Info Geek Podcast. Grow your brain even more at www.collegeinfogeek.com.